Hello, welcome to what we hope is the first of many tax podcasts out of Whitley Penn. My name is John Carp. I'm a tax partner here at Whitley Penn. And with me is Cole. Cole, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Cole Elliott. I'm a tax senior manager here at Whitley Penn. And today we're going to discuss a few things about taxes, and we are well into 2019. And there's still a lot of confusion about, about the Tax Cuts and Job Acts passed on December 15, 2017. Yeah, we're going to concentrate on a few components of the business tax changes, uh, going to see some of the things that we've seen in practice, and hopefully, uh, you know, be able to give you guys some some uh, pointers in your, in your as you're navigating through 2020. Absolutely. So, and actually, what about even the completion about of 2019? So we're looking at corporate tax rates, and for corporation, the tax rates we know were reduced to 21 percent, and that has raised several questions. And some of those questions are whether companies should switch to a C-Corp to take advantage of these low rates. Yeah, I, I, that's been my number one question after this uh, tax cut uh, legislation passed was, should I switch to a C-Corp or should I uh, you know, stay as a partnership? And I, th I think there's a lot of different scenarios that you can go through to um, get to that answer. Um, John, what have you seen? I've seen a lot of folks go through the math and while they, they're trying to decide to convert, sometimes when you have a very young company and you're building up inventory, that 21% is still less than 37%. At one point, there's gonna be that time where you're gonna to wanna to take that and convert that to an S-Corp and a flow through because if you're an entrepreneur and sort of in there by yourself or in a really small company, what's gonna happen is 21% is great, but if you have 21%, consider that you're really successful and then you're going to take that dividend well a dividend is going to be at 20% plus that 3.8% surtax so you're really going to be looking at 44% and so 44% is still less it's actually closer to 45 right 44.8 is still so 37% is still going to be less than that tax so I think it's really got to be a careful and mm -hmm. insightful plan and it may make economic sense to make the switch. However, you, however, you've got to be really careful that you don't turn around and make that choice because it just sounds so attractive when it doesn't make any economic sense for you whatsoever. Agreed, agreed. I'm, I'm only one of the few scenarios I've, I've seen where um, it may make sense is if, if a company is you know, down the road looking to sell and may not gonna be pulling any money out in the front end and they can take advantage of the 21% and then sell for capital gains rates. But That's assuming someone's gonna to wanna to buy your stock. Exactly. If nobody buys your <laughs> stock, which, which doesn't happen too often today. You see that in big companies. In small companies, what we see is people wanna do asset sales. And if they do an asset sale, then they don't even get the attractive stock purchase or stock sale. The, the good news is if they do get the stock sale, they have some other great opportunities to save some money in terms of the 1202 gain, which is a way that you don't even have to pay any tax on the sale of your stock if you've had your business for a little while. So I think in the end, what really folks have to do is make sure they call their call us or call whoever they're yeah. gonna call for that advice to make sure they don't pull the trigger because it just sounds good. Exactly, exactly. Now, one of the more complicated components of the new tax code, which I seem to get, besides the C-Corp, should I switch or shouldn't I switch, is 199A, 
and this whole 20% deduction and how like in terms of how this impacted our filing season and then even then we chose to extend a lot of clients because we weren't sure how that was going to impact our filing season and so what considerations would have to be taken into account when we're making these decisions yes yes so one of the biggest uh, the very first starting these is, is understanding if you're going to be a trader business or you're going to be a qualified or qualified well, what does that mean? So they have this crazy, these acronyms, right? You have a trader business, you have an SSTB, yes. which is just specified service trader business. Well, what's that specified service trader business? Uh, best way to think about it is if, if you, know, you are a consultant, uh, someone who's um, relying on their expertise um, to, make a, you know, to make their profits, like an accountant, a lawyer. Um, Doctor. Yeah. Any type of consult, any per personal service. Exactly. So, and, and what's the and so there's huge limitations on the if you're an SSTB, so much so that you may not even get the deduction. In most cases, no. Yeah, depending on how successful you are. Well, I guess the I guess I guess our goal would be all of our clients are going to get the deduction because they're going to be so successful. But there are income limitations that if you're single, it's going to be one between 157.5 and 207.5 for an if you're in a specified service trader business, and if you're single, after that 2075, you just don't get it. And then there's this phase out where you might get a little bit of it. And then if you're married, filing joint, it's 315 to 415, $100,000. Mm -hmm. And then, but here's the problem. They, we get people asking these questions all the time, and they're saying, here's what I make. It's the spouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> So all of a sudden, this is where the business is hitting the personal. And when you look at that tax return, the per, that individual may be in that income level between, or even below those below. Thresholds, thresholds, but the spouse may make enough that it just sends them out of being able to get the 20%. I've, I've had several cases that where that's been the case and uh, taxpayers a little confused, but then we had to actually explain it, and then they understand. So, yeah, it, it, I've had several taxpayers that have received the deduction this year. I'm in the specified service trader business. However, most have not. That's been my case as well. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, but now let's also talk about if, let's say, you're a manufacturer. Yeah. How does that work for you in this? Well, it it goes into you're not the limitations. Um, or away, but you also then have to go into the deeper. We talk about wages, and then there's uh, unadjusted you know, basis. There's there's different factors then that go into it um, that normally wouldn't when you get past the income limitations. Right, and I think I'd be, I would, it would be in the best interest to make sure everybody understands that if you fall below these thresholds, there's no testing. You That's just right. get the deduction. Yeah. But even if you're in manufacturing. If you're within those ranges of 157.5 to 207.5 and 315, 315,000 to $415,000, there's still some testing you have to do yes, and some minimization. And then if you're manufacturing after the thresholds, there's no, you just get it and you have to deal with the W-2 wages and, yes. and that type of stuff. Um, Again, another one, best to consult your... <laughs> best to consult, but it's extremely complicated. Yes. Um, the IRS has definitely made this confusing especially considering it's a temporary tax law. And 
I need to actually go back and mention that the corporate tax rate reduction is permanent. Yes. While the 199A sunsets. It sunsets at the end of the at the end. Like I said, we could do a whole podcast just on the 199A. We can do several. <laughs> so then now we one of the common questions we get that ha- that now dovetails into this new tax legislation when clients start a new business. They always call us and they say, what kind of entity should I be? What choices do I have? And so with that new tax law, those choices become a little more complex. So what does that look like? Like what are some of the main types of entities you could choose or not choose for that matter? Yeah, so I mean, the, the main three that we see the most is uh, you know, a sole proprietor, uh, a single member LLC, um, and then that's, that's, that's great if you're the only, only shareholder or member. Um, you also have the, the, the LLC partnership, um, which is, you know, that's going to be when you have multiple members, you have to decide if you'd be a, you know, a limited partnership or a, a limited liability company. And, and there's different factors that go into that. Um, the, and the third being, um, you know, the corporate structure, uh, whether that be a C-Corp or um, an S-Corp, which would be a flow-through uh, entity that has um, advantages and disadvantages as well. Um, so, you know, each one is a little bit different for each, you know, for liability reasons and for tax reasons. Um, but we, we can kind of, you know, get into some of those reasons here. So sole proprietorship. So what are the risks involved in a sole proprietorship? Uh, so the, the biggest one is, I guess, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be reported on your, on your Schedule C. Um, and they'll be subject to, all the earnings will be subject to um, SC tax. Um, and I know that's important to a lot of people in the beginning. Um, and ways to avoid, um, and that's where kind of where the S corp kind of model comes in. We kind of get to go between being a single member LLC or being an S corp just to save on the on the, the fifteen point three uh, self employment tax, right? The cash burn. Yeah. Then, but what about also as a sole proprietor? What's the difference between a sole proprietor with with an LLC and a sole proprietor without an LLC? May big difference. Big difference. Um, if you don't have the, the corporate the LLC structure behind you, you have unlimited liability. Um, so you can you can go after your personal assets, anything like that. So if you're going to be a sole proprietor, the number one degree is, is you need to set up a, an LLC and put yourself into that company. It gives you that extra uh, liability. Right. So years ago, you didn't have that option. No. So you're either a sole proprietor, you took all your risks, you reported on a Schedule C, and with the introduction of the LLC several years ago, now what we see is a single member LLC, mm-hmm. which gets filed on a Schedule C. Correct. And that's something really important to remember that if you're a single member LLC, you file on your Schedule C, yes. Schedule E, Schedule F, whatever the schedule is, but it's a, considered for the Internal Revenue Service a disregarded entity. And I, I get this too with single member LLCs, is with married couples putting you know their spouse as, as a partner and they think that, well, I'm a partnership now. but really and truly you don't have to file that partnership return you can still put it on your single and you're on your schedule C and avoid that extra administrative cost from paying us <laughs> that well correct some depending on some people want it off their personal tax return they do. And adding their spouse enables that but then you can also keep it on your tax return I've seen it both ways That's right. so what happens if you're a single member of LLC and then you decide to take in another member can you keep it on your Schedule C, assuming that that new member is not your spouse? You cannot. Uh, at this point, you must file um, a, a Form 1065 um, and, and report that income 
uh, through a partnership. And so it, you cannot have uh, two members and, and still be on your Schedule C. So That's right. So, And then the LLC is treated like a corporation or from the liability protection, yep. but, it's, but it's a partnership. Now, do you have to be a partnership or can you make some other elections? Actually, don't. You can, at this point, once you file your first return, you can make an entity classification and either become a partnership or become a corporation. Um, even go so far, I guess you can even become an S-Corp, make the election on your first corporate return. So, Right. So then, so does anybody ever incorporate as an S-Corp? No, they do not. <laughs> right. So that, because the corporation is done with the state. Yes. And then the election to be treated as an S corporation is done with the federal government with the Internal Revenue Service. Yeah, made on yeah, made timely forty five days from the time of inception, or you can file late for late relief on your first tax return. Right, you can file you can file for a late late relief, which I believe is automatic. Seventy five days. Seventy five days. Seventy five days. Yeah, seventy five days. And days and, mixed up. And those late elections are um, <clears throat> almost always granted. Yeah, like I say, it's almost automatic. The, I joke with folks that you can be a procrastinator, but the IRS gives you almost two years to procrastinate this. Yeah. And if you have a good cause, they still will give that to you. Yeah, I think they only ask for you to be acting as an escort the entire time. So right. which the, <laughs> the the only the only item they've changed in the last few years on the twenty form the form to file the election as a form twenty five fifty three is they they make you now sign that that says here's the reasons why I'm filing this form late, mm -hmm. and all the reasons I'm filing it late are because, and I'm filing this under penalties of perjury. So they added just a little bit more strength to their form, maybe. Yeah, yeah. we'll see if they enforce so, that. <laughs> right. Um, with that, we have one last, just because we're going into the six month mark of 2019, so for some of our clients that might be listening, there's only one one part, I, we spoke at a conference, or I spoke at a conference, and I asked that group, and I said, hey, can you still deduct your Ranger tickets? <laughs> and, they, and they said yes. <laughs> and I was really surprised, because with the new tax legislation, sports tickets, from an entertainment standpoint, are no longer deductible. Yes, yes, that's... that's uh... Was a, was a season ticket renewals came up last year. Uh, that was a that was a major major question that came up uh, with our clients. And and yeah, you're right. You cannot deduct the uh, the actual cost of the ticket. But the good news is is you can deduct the actual meals and and so the drinks while you're at the game or uh, before the game. So you can still entertain using the vehicle. You just lose a little bit of the deduction. Well, and what's the important component of being able to take the deduction? What kind of documentation? Does the is the IRS going to ask you for that? For the most part, most clients have not been great about that. We're trying to encourage folks to be much better about their documentation. So the, the most important thing is is who you were with and what you were talking about, and why you were there, um, and that needs to be documented. I, I'd recommend like an Excel spreadsheet. Um, you know, a lot of one of our clients, like I said, they just pull up their Amex statement and just start highlighting. But if you have a supplemental schedule that says who you're there, who you're there with, and what you spoke about, and those two coincide, that should be more than enough to, to uh, get past uh, any IRS scrutiny. That's right, because in, because what really happens in real life is we're looking two and a half years down the road when the IRS is coming back. So good luck remembering. You might be able to figure out who you were with if your calendars, if you kept a really good calendar. But you might not remember exactly why or what you talked about, and that's the type of documentation 
that the IRS is going to want to see. Yeah, the IRS literally looks down on you retroactively making uh, <laughs> supplemental statements about that. So, right. Remember, contemporaneous <laughs> means now before you file. <laughs> yes. So, with that, we're going to close our podcast for this this time, and we look forward to coming back again with another tidbit of taxes. Yeah.